Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It has. It's come to kind of a big this Ooh, in some ways. I guess so. Like this is uh, this is a big for us. Is I it, guess this is a, a blockbuster. Blockbuster. Yeah. Right. Yeah, is that a way to say? It? <laughs> uh, I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast, and uh, we cover a lot of horror movies. Not horror exclusive, but uh, it's the genre I do love seeing. We're the most. into it, and. Yeah. Uh, this is a pretty huge horror franchise right now. This is maybe the biggest horror franchise. I don't got the numbers in front of me, but it sure sure it, seems to produce a lot of movies. It's definitely the biggest franchise that I really couldn't care less about. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, maybe, that's why we haven't covered this. On, a, on maybe the Saw franchise, but I I do like sure. the Conjuring movies. But uh, it's uh, we're we're here to talk about the Conjuring. The devil made me do it. Oh, the new one, the only one that I've seen in the theater. Now mm. we've never talked about any of the Conjuring universe. Whenever the Conjureverse, uh, whenever you add a a verse to the end of your thing, you know you have a lot of them. And like you said, the Saw, the Saw universe mm-hmm. has its own thing. Uh, also, of movies that I haven't seen a lot, and the Conjuring ones just never quite click with me. I've never I, just been into any of them. I think we were a little too old for them, honestly. Yeah. This is very much a... Uh, well, even though this movie's rated R, I feel like this is a series of movies that is very much has been directed at teenagers, yeah. uh, younger people. Younger any people. of the uh, any of the ones that I... I've seen all the off-brand ones. I haven't seen any... This is the first Conjuring That's movie funny. I saw, but I've seen like the third Annabelle and The Nun. I'm like the opposite. I've seen, I've seen the three Conjuring movies, but I just like could not care less <laughs> about The Nun. Like, I don't want to sit through you The Nun. You're not excited for The Nun sequel <sighs> or the fourth Annabelle? Well, the, the Conjuring movies give you like one good scene of Annabelle or yeah. one good scene with The Nun. You're right. like, that's all that's I need. It. What else do you need? It's so you, good. I don't need 90 more minutes of that. Yeah, so I, I don't get, need I to explore fill. all of the Warren's artifacts. Yeah. But some of them I like, others I like less. The success of a Conjuring Universe movie to me kind of hinges on runtime. Yeah. Uh, I really liked Annabelle Comes Home, the one from, that was probably the third one that came out. Maybe the 20, most recent. Yeah, like 2019. Uh-huh. And it made it made a killing. It made oh, like for 250 sure. million. These are massive movies. And, uh, but it's like an hour 45. You don't mm-hmm. want to get too close to two hours because any minute beyond like 80 to 90 in a Conjuring movie feels like... We're just in the weeds. Yes. Uh, and that's why this show, th- this movie series always feels more like like a bloated X-Files. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Conjuring would benefit from being in 50-minute chunks. Totally. And doing this, uh, you know, like an... Uh, or like just a tight 90. Like this movie is an hour 52 minutes. Yeah. It Conjuring, it. Conjuring 2 was like two almost and a quarter maybe. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. When Too Annabelle long. comes home, is like an hour 45. It's like, whoo. It's a breeze. Yeah, in and out. In and out of there. I know. Even then, why not 80 to 90 for these ones, huh? If if a Conjuring was like the X-Files, you know, it would be 
really tight to tell these stories in an hour. When they get lost in the weeds is when they bring in pointless tomes and history of artifacts that we're not going to cover. And it's like, okay, we don't need all the artifact backstory. Right. Like, Well, it, I kind of like that. I, and, <laughs> I go for the artifact I, backstory. I'm, I'm kind of a nerd for these movies because yeah, but I'm I, saying I like... The artifact backstory yeah. is what brings you all the side stories that you don't care about. I guess that's true. Like, so, Well, yeah, I like the I like having one, like... 10 minute segment about a witch's you know altar or whatever they were calling that the thing in this new movie yeah like I like seeing the one scene of Annabelle being creepy yeah or the nun painting you get a good scene of nun yeah you get a good painting and then you're like very nice very, very nice. nice I do not need to see 90 more minutes I, of it I, yeah I don't know uh, that is yeah they're rude if, if they do like a movie based just on this movie's totem I'm not gonna go <laughs> you're see you're not that. gonna see the witch's totem no Conjuring 4 witch's totem it'll be yeah it'll be exactly I really love the concept of the Warren's occult room where they yeah. put all the artifacts. Cause it's like a normal room just off the hallway and uh, with a locked door. And that seems so TV series to me, the end of every episode, they come back to their nice suburban homestead with their new weird artifact. Add it to the, add it to the weird room. You get the creepy closing episode shot of them shutting the door to the room from inside the room. Right, and you see Annabelle in the Yeah, you see these things around. It's a very horror anthology way to finish every episode. Yeah. Instead, we just get like two-hour movies, (laughs) and it's not as as good. It's filled with good stuff I like, and I do think they are better in the theater, and I think you're Mm. dead right that a lot of these were made with a teenage audience in mind. Every Conjuring universe I've ever seen in the theater was me the old weird guy with nothing but teens <laughs> right when we went to see a quiet place too i said hey real quick i'm gonna go to the box office and get two tickets for colt this week and then a throng of 20 teens comes around the corner to all buy tickets to the new conjuring movie remember oh, yeah. that swarm of yes 15 year olds oh, yeah. in the front of the theater the kids love it all dying to see the conjuring midweek I mean, this is that, you know, this generation's version of, like, we had Scream when I was you know, yeah, 16 or totally. whatever came out. And we all went to it on opening night. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, yeah. So, you know, and so the same thing with the 80s. It's like, I feel like guys our age who are like, this is their Elm they don't Street make them like they do stuff, anymore. Yeah. It's like, no, Elm Street is a teenage movie. It's Friday yeah. the 13th is for teenage audiences. You were just a teenager when you saw those movies. So, and they so have I- that imprint. I guess the the weird thing about how the Conjuring movies hits me is I love movies that are made like for aimed at teen like horror movies aimed at teens. Those I got nothing cool. against it. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And this just doesn't connect with me the same as others that are clearly PG thirteen made for teen audience modern horror. Mm-hmm. This one just doesn't hit me. And uh, well, this one especially this feels like a maybe a little bit of the B the B team. <laughs> because the the director oh, of man. the first one is James Wan, and yeah. everyone loves him. And then the guy who directed this one, uh, Michael Chavez, you know, he did did the, a good job. But he did the uh, the Annabelles and the La Lornas, I think. Curse like, of La Llorona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw La Llorona in the theaters. And yeah, so once I heard there was not only a new Conjuring movie, but a Conjuring directed by the man who did <laughs> my least favorite horror movie I saw in a theater that year. Right. Well, obviously I was in, but. This is probably my favorite of the Conjuring movies. Mm. I, I, I think I like this one the most of all because I don't get as into the hauntings. Right. And yeah, this yeah, is yeah. like a possession story, an yeah. exorcism You're story. You're not much of a haunted house guy. 
Well, because the ending is always like, oh, you know what? It just wanted us to leave. <laughs> we should have just We should have left. We yeah. shouldn't have fought this this long. We went through some shit. Yeah, the first two Conjurings are very much the haunted house stories. And I can't, I, I can never get as into them. Yeah. But a possession, an exorcism, I'm into that. I like, and once I saw that we're getting into a good groove of, of horror movies having the best 10 minutes of the movie right at the beginning. Oh, this is exactly, yeah. It's just like A Quiet Place 2, the first 10 minutes of The Conjuring, I was already like, well, this is clearly better than anything in another Conjuring. Good opening for we, this movie. Because we get like a child exorcism eight-year-old kid who's such the saddest sweetest little kid that kid was also in the the haunting of hill house series and stuff like he's been doing some horror stuff nice yeah he's like a little horror kid i love it love it yeah and we they shy away a lot more from kids (laughs) now in movies that used to be kind of a staple of older uh, 80s horror movies right it's it was pretty shocking once i saw maybe that was the r rating i think once the poltergeist girl died they were like "Uh." yeah (laughs) It is worse. Maybe we should to know. lay off the young ones. Yeah, and uh, but even then, we got like you know the early '90s or the Pet Cemetery was always showing. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah. geez, this is like a toddler. This is crazy. Yeah. So seeing this eight-year-old as the focal point of all the horror that that was off-putting to me, just because it felt so rare now. And I thought that opening was scary. We see the kid in the bathtub and the claws coming oh, over the man. edge and. The way this, the claw marks were coming off the walls by some invisible hand. And All I think, good stuff. I think part of the key to these Conjuring movies, if you're seeing them with the crowd they're intended for, I think they're just going to hit better. And as it always is, I was in my little front row, and the rest was just teens. Oh, nice. All teens. And they were into it. They were scared. After that tub scene, the shower scene with the kid hiding, the worst no-hiding-spot rooms in this house. <laughs> This kid is left just open field yeah. with nothing. He opens the door and he just gets a top shot. It's like, there's like a toilet in the corner and a standing <laughs> sink? Really? Nothing else in here? Like the demon wouldn't think yeah. to look in the shower. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> shower with a sheer curtain. Oh, I don't it's know like, where he can be. Come on. <laughs> Not even a hamper. And uh, this girl, like I hear her in the saddest voice when this kid's hiding in the, the tub. She just goes, why did you bring me to this? Uh, and I'm like, <laughs> yes, yeah. Once, once I know so I'm get, once I know I'm in the presence of some actual like, these are some clenched butts sitting in seats around me right got now. Some real scared kids. It's more, it's way more fun. That's it's way more fun. And that's so pretty great. And that scene kept getting gnarlier. And once we get to the full kid exorcism. We build up, we start, boom, we're right in this family's house. This poor little boy has been through already unspeakable terror. And uh, once the demons start coming out, man, once everybody's all hands on deck. Yeah, yeah. You get just a bunch of like eight people all like holding down an eight-year-old who's just This is the conclusion of most other movies about exorcisms and stuff. Oh, yeah. We get that in the opening. Yeah, if you go to a slow exorcism movie, like the last exorcism, you're like, all right, I know they're building something crazy over this run. Like, and sure, it's the slowest build, and then all hell breaks loose in the final ten. Nope, this is flipped. We're starting with it. Final yeah. ten is right at the beginning, and it's good because they got clearly got a body contortionist, just like the original Exorcist. Mm-hmm. You get somebody that can do a weird crab walk, but you have never seen contortions like this. I had to look up this legitimate. Per- they got like a twelve-year-old. Uh, acrobat oh, contortionist cool. yeah not yeah. cgi that makes sense because this 
body gets bent mm-hmm. in some like Suspiria level angles. Hundred percent, yeah. And it's freaky. The gasps and sharp breaths around me in the theater were perfection. <laughs> it was this Love that. every bone snap and vertebra crunch and leg being way out of place, like. And it's this eight-year-old kid. So all they did was just, you know, CGI the face Mm -hmm. onto this crazy contorted body. I don't know how a body can get into these positions, but it looked amazing. Yeah. It was a great exorcism. When he he does the Nosferatu stand-up into a full tackle on Patrick Wilson, I was like, this movie's incredible. (laughs) Right. I also like that we get the Warrens right up front. Oh, yeah. Both other Conjuring movies are like this family moves into a house or it's like the other one's in England. England, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like an hour and a half of like the family being like, we need to do something. And then before the, they the call Warrens the Warrens. just hear about it. Yeah, and, we just you know, start with the Warrens. They're there already. Zelda they've Rubenstein's been, been working living case. in the house yeah, exactly. already. I am a fan of the Warrens. I like I like the idea of the Warrens. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. You know what I mean? Like... I hear so many com- conflicting things about them. They were real people, Ed and Lorraine Warren. I know literally nothing about them. They the, uh, really were the real these people. Uh, people that he was a self-taught demonologist. She claims to be a medium, claimed to be a medium. Mm-hmm. They're both dead now. And uh, yeah, they were the ones who like investigated the Amneville house. Okay. And the first two Conjuring movies are about, yeah, real life hauntings that are you know documented. And, sure. The thing with well, that's them, why it feels like an unsolved mysteries yeah. kind of monster of the week show. And this is a real case. What what ends up happening is after the opening exorcism, the demon we're told in the movie goes into this other guy's body and yeah. he kills someone. And his future brother in law's body. Yeah, his defense at the trial, and this really did happen. Huh. They tried to go with this defense of not guilty by demonic possession. The devil made me do it, and uh, that was what the, been a good name for the movie. Well, that's <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> And yeah, this was like they, you know, but the thing with the Warrens is that they were seemingly always, you know, pushing people to tell their story, to make hmm. money. So a lot of oh, people call I them, see. a lot of people are called, called them con artists. And Charlie, for someone with no interest in the Conjuring series, you seem <laughs> I like to know a lot about the Warrens. I like here. the Warrens. I like the Amityville stuff. I like, I like the real life stuff that it's based on. Yeah. So the Conjuring movies, though, are just so. Hollywood, right? Like the whole plot of this movie is just some made-up thing about them fighting a witch. <laughs> Has nothing to do with the real life story, so it's kind of hard to like. I get it. I like, uh, but you know, Lorraine like, Warren would be on like a TV show on like History Channel, being like paranormal investigation sure. stuff, and so I liked it. Yeah, I like the idea of them. Well, I the guess. Conjuring. I think, I think the Warrens were at their best in this one mm. because. It made me realize that when you treat the Warrens, and the, maybe it was just because my brain was in TV mood when I was like, man, this would be just way better as a condensed TV show. Um, they were like the, a really square, kind of religious, puritanical heart-to-heart. Yes. Where they yes. just go around solving murders. They are, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But whereas Jonathan and Jennifer Hart are like super horny for each other, always, even when murder is happening, uh, they're just like... I've known this guy for 30 years. Uh, you know? I know. I love this guy. I do I don't love... want anything to happen to him. And I like yeah. their kind of square Midwestern <laughs> heart-to-heart relationship. They totally love each other, yeah, in these movies especially. And, and I, it focused a yeah. lot on that in this one. And I, I I guess I'm a sap for that. It's like, oh, yeah, they're just going around to the country solving Scooby-Doo mysteries 
And they just wear their prairie skirts and love each other. They're in on it together, whatever yeah. it is, you know? And, well, the the pairing of... I mean, the real reason why I do keep watching the Conjuring movies is mm-hmm. Vera Farmiga. Oh, I love Vera And Farmiga. Patrick Wilson as Ed Warren. And her as Lorraine Warren. I think they're just so great in these movies. Uh-huh. They're just so endlessly watchable, which is why I want them to show up so much quicker in the first She's two. She's such a great actress. Uh, up in the Air is one of my mm. true favorites of the last decade. And... If you ever saw Bates Motel. Yes. Wow. Yeah, of course. She's amazing. So great in that. One of my favorite acting gigs of the last decade. Oh, I loved her in Bates Motel. And some of the stuff she does as Jennifer Warren is so, like, or Lorraine Warren, is so mm-hmm. silly. But she is leaning into it. Yeah. She is acting up to, you know, like, she's making this a... She's taking it totally serious and doing these great, just like, oh, yeah, oh, she's like having these, these visions, these and, great paranormal visions, and oh, it's beautiful the way she leans into it. Because this one, I think, is set in like '81. They really dress her up like a middle-aged. Oh man, yeah. not middle-aged, but you know, lady in her forties, <laughs> midwesterner in 1981. Big, bright, flowery-looking, you know, The Gary tops. Oldman in Bram Stoker's Dracula yeah. hair. <laughs> I love the looks. Because those that that was Lorraine Warren's look. Oh, sure. yeah. Well, they like, always, show, they always show the, like, real footage of the Warrens. Yeah, at the, exactly. Uh, at the and Ed Warren's movies. always got, like, some tight kind of yellow polo shirt or something he's got <laughs> around him. I love the I love late 70s, early 80s brown slacks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's one of my we favorite pants. We get a lot of pants. that. I, I like that, and uh, Patrick Wilson gets a lot of good brown slack moments mm-hmm. and brown jackets and uh-huh. all that. Stuff. I love everything. I love brown. brown fashion aesthetics. It's it's a it's a it simpler era. It was huge in that time. Everything sure. was brown, man. Yeah, so brown, and we're still not really out of it. Got brown <laughs> carpeting. We're not. It's still not over. The kids love it, and yeah, the kids love Conjuring. Devil made me do it. It's a long movie. It feels too long. It should be ninety minutes, but I was into it because. The crowd was into it. The scares happened frequently enough, mm-hmm. and the silliness is there all throughout. But this movie also felt like it leaned into a couple more meta jokes. Hmm. There was one really good one that obviously couldn't have happened, but the way they convinced the lawyer to argue demonic oh, possession. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was very... I thought, oh, here's where we get our Annabelle scene for the movie. And instead, they just, uh, ah, you know what's happening exactly. here. I know. And, I, I, and that put me that more... That shorthand, right? That put me yeah. even more on the side of these movies. Like, once they're making, like, their own... Like, nah, you know what's up. Come over and meet Annabelle. Yeah, and then the next scene is you see the lawyer just like, oh, God. Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah it's such a uh, Simpsons uh, kind of response, uh, you know? Yeah. It's But it worked. It was a good gag. And it didn't feel like the Marvel way of we're shoehorning these gags. It felt much more like this could be a fun opportunity for this gag. Because like you said, you like seeing the Annabelle scene in the Conjuring movies, but you've never seen Annabelle. I was like, oh, this is our Annabelle scene. And I was excited for it. Even though I've seen two, you know, I've seen, the, right. I've seen them, but I kind of like them. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, they're do- this is the one scene in the wood. And I this the little little rug pulled out from under fake out was really funny so i was like this movie had a lot of goodwill from that opening on into like all right they're making some pretty good choices with what they're winking Mm -hmm. about and what they're taking deadly serious yeah it goes into a whole possession story where i am disappointed we didn't get even more possessed kid 
Because most of the stories oh, yeah. possessed older brother-in-law. Right. Yeah, we start getting like who flashbacks. sacrifices himself to take the demon on kind of in, in one of those yeah, scenes. Yeah, if, uh, if you're going through an exorcism and Ed or Lorraine Warren is telling you not to talk to the demon, yeah, stop man. talking That's to the hubris. demon. Well, there's some... <laughs> there. I guess I can't criticize them too much because if my like eight-year-old brother started like re- levitating and you know walking with his spine bent in half yeah. i'd be like all right the rules have changed but <laughs> yeah. not for his sister who would be just like when he's pounding on patrick wilson's chest and he has that great like i'll stop your heart old man and his sister's like david no <laughs> david <laughs> it is not getting through to her what is no, going everybody on? else is like well and it's board like, the windows and it's like, like getting thrown against walls yeah. and she's like david david just <laughs> tackled pa- large patrick wilson and is beating him in the yeah. chest and she and yeah she's literally acting like he he said a bad word that's so funny <laughs> knock it off yeah david no <laughs> <laughs> like just some haven't gathered that things are different now. Yeah. Your world changed. And so, yeah, most of most of it is that we get this long buildup to that boy realizing he's possessed. And we get a lot of instances of another thing I actually like in the Conjuring movies is the, the way they light indoors. Mm. It's always bright and sunny outside. And indoors, they have every curtain drawn right. there's just tiny light filtering through it's like it's this got, little shafts of sunlight yeah it's this constant hazy dusk yeah. vibes every hour of every day in the warren house right and i feel like they even had to like go back to the time when the family's moving in because every conjuring movie has to have like the empty moving into a house or <laughs> moving things in a house scene like that's that's in it, it felt like there was a lot of scenes where it was like you got to hit that. You got to hit you it. You got to hit that mark mm-hmm. at some point. Got to nail it. Yeah. <laughs> but I love just the, I love those dusky, it, it's a cool mm-hmm. look. I would like, we had this big front window at uh, my parents' house with big curtains around because the sun was like a magnifying lens through oh, this whole for, thing. It's yeah, like yeah. right on the side of the sun sets, nothing but window. Whoa. Cook them. <laughs> and, uh, but with the curtains drawn, it would be such a cool, like, glowing light in the room so I, I used to love going in there and reading you know in the afternoons and the conjuring light kind of hits me that same way and it's in all the annabelle ones the nun didn't have it as much because that was in a castle right right but there's clearly a guidebook somewhere at the studio yeah that's like how to do conjuring lighting that's what i mean yeah it feels like there's a playbook for mm-hmm. sure and yeah i wonder if it's almost just like now remember this takes place in the 80s so like brown Lots of low light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. The kids are going to need some striped turtlenecks. Yeah, exactly. You need to bring, hit that. Bring the turtlenecks. But Patrick Wilson in this movie. So I love Vera Farmiga, and she yeah. does this. It's this great B-movie role in a movie that is going to break $250 million, mm-hmm. You know, and I love that. Just like I had a coworker who hated the uh, Hereditary and was shocked that Tony Collette would like slum it. Wow. In a horror movie, and it's like you are the only person I have ever heard ever said that who, yeah. who did not think Tony Collette had an amazing. Even if you do not like, I think people that don't like Hereditary recognize how much. So Tony just, Collette but just because it was a horror movie, it was slumming. It was it. Slumming, right, right, right. Not didn't matter that it was a critically acclaimed horror movie that made three hundred million. Slumming it. Mm-hmm. It was a B movie. So this is a B movie. This is what B movies are now. 
They yes. just have huge yeah. budgets. I know. It, it, on the surface, this is, yeah, a demonic possession, uh, a murder trial movie, and then like a uh, psychic and demonologist couple going after like a dark, you know, witch who's trying to possess people. Yeah. That's all very schlocky stuff. Uh-huh. A lot of it can veer into TV movie really easily. Oh, yeah. Except it's a huge budget blockbuster. And I'm sure this case and, and all the other Warren cases, they were TV movies back in the day. Like these totally. were, you know, bestseller books, uh-huh. TV movies. Yeah, the true crime demonic stuff, uh, big. Yeah. But so they're just getting that 2021 <laughs> yeah, big budget B movie revamp now. And yeah, they're all the B movies today. The best B movies are just the big movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just what they are. Because now that we're in a world where we're, you know, we've talked about this, we're never going to get a dinosaur movie. It's always going to be a Jurassic World movie. We're right. never going to get another pirate movie. It's always going to be a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Well, now the Conjuring movies are just the same kind of movies like Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth, where people would roll their eyes like, "Oh, an eighth." Friday the 13th, really? Well, now there's eight movies in The Conjuring, mm-hmm. in, except 10 times the number of people are going to see these. Well, like you were yeah, it's like we can't just have a superhero movie. It has to be Marvel. And now yes. it feels like, yeah, we can't just have a, a haunted house movie. It has to tie into mm-hmm. this It has Conjuring to tie into an existing thing. Yeah. It's such a straight... Some, some nun in a castle. Yeah, we'll, f- we'll make that We'll fit. make the Warrens fit onto this. We'll, yeah. It's such... You know, it's a direct-to-video way of doing things. So it's they feel like straight-to-video early 90s horror movies to me, except they cost $40, $50 million yeah. to make instead of $4 million to make. And so I, I really loved these things. That's why I love going to Third Street, because once my brain cracked the code, it's like, oh, these are just straight-to-video B-movies. It's great. And it has so much silly stuff, but... Vera Farmiga throws herself into it, and Patrick Wilson. He has a heart attack in the first scene. And if they had more time, they would have given this man another dozen heart attacks. (laughs) This whole movie is this guy having a series of mild heart attacks and then forgetting his heart attack medicine. Um, I love how he does not really recover from the heart attack. No, he is limping and breathing and leaning hard against trees and clutching his chest constantly in this movie. And he keeps having more of them and then being like, every time he would leave the house, we would get this lingering shot. It's like, nah, there's the pills on uh, the yeah. island. Yep, yep. Another pill incident coming up. See, that also, see, that felt like another list, you uh-huh. know, another checklist. Like, make sure he, he's he got the, the pills at home when he has to go fight this yeah. thing at the end, yeah. This dude in the movie, there is a series of him forgetting his pills, then having to chase his wife. Then having another heart attack, but then, like, hulking up out of his heart attack. Oh, man. <laughs> like, he powers up through it. He's a big guy in this movie. He's Has so... he always been just, like, bro- like I, I he mean... He looks like Chuck Connors. He looks like, like a lumbering through the woods, man. Yeah. He looks huge. I, f- I assume he was a big guy. He Broad. always looks like a tall guy. They've played. He's been a superhero before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he really just looked like a big, lumbering guy, and... Man, he had just hulking up out of just incre- like he was gonna rip his sports coat off. Oh, you that, know? that ending where he's loosening his tie. Ugh. Well, he's doing kind of like a, a Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining kind of thing at the <laughs> yeah. end, where he's just like going crazy, swinging a sledgehammer around. Oh yeah, and then it's like, 
Yeah, big super this guy's moment at ticker, the end. man. This is the big one. <laughs> the whole time it was the big one happening. Well, and the whole movie is him being like, Lorraine, it's you're doing too much. And then she's like, Ed, you're doing too much. <laughs> yeah. Like they were both really pushing it they this time. Care they might have sex only like four times a year. But the love and care is there. It's there. I and... do you do feel that. I like that. Yeah. I absolutely do like and that. And so even in these scenes where I'm just pictured him just in like a sound stage, just both going like, Whoa! like and she's like flailing around and he's like crawling with his heart. And they're just like, yeah, yeah, just do that for a bit. A we need, ADR, to, we need yeah. to get that from another angle. And it's like, oh God, they, they just throw themselves into it. And it's like all these great horror movies where these respected actors go full hog. And I mentioned, you know, Chuck Connors, like in mm. Tourist Trap. Mm-hmm. This man is a star on the Walk of Fame guy. He's made millions. Had two of the best, most successful TV shows of all time. Didn't stop him from being insanely great in Tourist Trap. You know, Rory Calhoun in Motel Hell. Yeah. That's basically what Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson are doing. She's an Oscar-nominated actress. The fact that we've gotten to see her flail around as like a, as a Zelda Rubenstein medium in so many movies is fun. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a fun thing. And I think this movie leans into its best horror and its best kind of fun. It's self-aware enough to have a little fun edge, but it really tries to scare in the horror. Hmm. When John Noble shows up, oh, nothing yeah. ever's good. I was like, this this guy's related to something <laughs> bad. As soon as as soon as you see that guy on screen, you're like, this guy is gonna this fuck guy's something up. To up. Something. Yeah. yeah, I it made me realize, and again, thinking of the X Files. How much I really loved at least the first few seasons of Fringe. Oh yeah, yeah, he was a major part of. Sure. And I think I saw season one and enjoyed Fringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It went like five or six, but I know I watched three or four and loved them. And uh, again, boy, this Conjuring movie is a Fringe. That whole that could be an episode. Them going out to this guy's farmhouse, meeting John Noble instead of a guy in a supporting actor in the movie. He's just that week's guest actor just works way better so yeah but he's good he's good in this kind of thing mm-hmm. and so the conjuring's smart about their casting and leans into the strengths of farmiga and wilson and i kept enjoying this movie i think the crowd kept enjoying it with me and even when it went to really predictable and <laughs> kind of just we get more and more scenes with the possessed boy and that guy didn't he wasn't really the best part of the movie, but he was the focus right. of the movie at that point. Well, it is kind of funny how, yeah, they the whole plot revolves around this guy murders someone. They're trying this demonic possession, uh, you know, defense. Yeah. So they're looking. Which is just the craziest. So the, the, it becomes this procedural of them looking for other cases, and they solve some other yeah. case along proving the way. It in, proving it to a church is one thing. Yeah. Proving it in a court of law is another. Yeah, exactly. And that was the crux of the X Files. It's like you're convincing people, but what can we? Who else can we tell about? But this then, as soon as they discover that there's like an occultist who's like behind it, we kind of lose the whole court. Yeah, guy in no, jail. Yeah, the guy He's in, just kind of in jail and like sucks. The, the threat of the death penalty yeah. that this guy was gonna gonna face is not brought. We don't up care again. about. It. Then it just becomes them hunting down this occultist who. Who, uh, yeah, she can see in her visions. I love the moment where Vera Farmiga's in the occultist vision, seeing well, the yeah. altar, and the occultist just looks at her and goes, "How are you doing that?" <laughs> <laughs> we it really gets into kind of Doctor Sleep 
yeah oh mode, yeah yeah uh, in, in a cool way definitely and that's that's the thing not only was i more refreshed I, I was okay with that yeah i was like we can leave this guy mm-hmm. in jail yeah we're cool it was a it's good fine. choice a couple of good scary it's, scenes there but yeah whether intentionally or not they kept stumbling into the right direction mm-hmm. or a more interesting uh direction it's like yeah we uh we could just come back to that guy when he's getting exercised like that's cool right it's right cool with that and uh, even though I like some of the prison fear, prison fear is scary. So that's the most effective stuff when he's going getting sent there. But yeah, I love when we're getting to Doctor Sleep. I love leaning into the violent exorcism stuff. Like they kind of leaned into good. They were checking boxes clearly, mm-hmm. but I liked uh, a lot of the boxes they kept checking. And it actually did like well. You know, it felt long, but it wasn't two hours and 15 minutes long. Right, exactly. Can you imagine another half hour of this? That's why I don't want to go back and watch the other ones. Because I couldn't imagine more than a half. Like, no. The getting away from just a haunting, I think, was such a smart move. And really could lead to actually more better, more interesting sequels. Because really, there's no limit to what kinds of things you can have. The Warrens are dead now. You can start writing your own newer, faker mysteries right. of the week to right. have them solve. And I'm sure they have plenty of other cases they could go into. But yeah, you could just make up things. No yeah. one, like no one cares. Like I we like, just want entertaining movies, again. Right? Just focus around adding another artifact to the room. Mm-hmm. Another movie, another artifact gets locked away like Indiana Jones. I love that. I think it's cool, and and I really liked that for this one. So I like these two people. This was my favorite use of them as characters. The movie gets ridiculous, but I, I liked it. It was a good... I wanted to see a movie on Sunday in the theater. I wanted mm-hmm. to take a nice stroll to the movie theater, and I wasn't going to see Spirit Untamed or In the Heights. <laughs> Conjuring was a good uh, it was a good two hour it's, Sunday like afternoon. Said, it man. seems like there's a there's a few good horror movies out there right now. Yeah. So yeah, this is definitely one to you know spend like you said it's hot out. Yeah. Go go, <laughs> sit, in, go sit in the AC for a couple hours. Felt good. Uh, I saw this on streaming. It's on HBO Max, but I think it's only on for like a month. Like yeah, they do that, that the new release. You got but you got a limitation. Then it yeah. goes to a fifteen dollar rental. Right. Right. So things it's worth it. Now, it's worth it to go to the theater for it. Too. Definitely. And it's one of those things. Yeah. It's like if those if. If more people go see the horror movies than they go see, you know, In the Heights or whatever, maybe they'll make some more horror movies. So this one's already made 120 million. There people go. are going to see <laughs> The Devil. Was maybe this do another it. one that was going to be released like a year ago? I don't know, and it got delayed. I'm not sure actually, but probably they couldn't have been making it the last year. I would have liked to seen, uh, yeah, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga welcome us to the movie like John Krasinski it is did true. for Quiet Place too. It started scarier with no nobody telling me like, hey, I made this movie. Me, myself, I wrote it all. And you're watching it. And now you're going to see it. And you paid money to do so. So thank you. Yeah. With that, you're kind of being smug, aren't you? Are you? Are you sincere, John Krasinski? I can't tell. I cannot tell. I think... Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, very sincere. Since I, I do think that's the strength of these movies. One hundred percent. They're very sincere. Yeah, there it's there's no winking, but Mm-mm. you're not supposed to wink. There's winking in the movie, but they are always serious and sincere. Right. They have a it's a good relationship and they have actual chemistry. It's a unique chemistry because there's no like passion. Mm. It's not a passion based chemistry. Their passion is to 
uncover these mysteries. mysteries. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. And it works. <laughs> it works in this for me really well. The more I think about it, the more I, I came away. I'm like, yeah, I really, I think the strengths elevate over its faults. Mm-hmm. I think they balance out much stronger. So I'm into it, but go see it now. What else are you, what else is yeah, there on. to do? Exactly. <laughs> came to this it did come to this yeah, i'm eric i'm charlie and from here on we'll do all the annabelles i guess i kind of at this point <laughs> i need to see him right i'm doing you myself might need a disservice. to now yeah we might need to uh I, yeah to get my full knock them all out one episode my I horror cred i think i need to but yeah we'll we'll talk to you guys next time thanks, thanks for, for listening good night